0: Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week I have Matthew back again. Matthew, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. We'll go into your story a little bit and then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, systems and growth.
1: So I'm actually excited because we're having a talk a of- a week ago or two weeks ago. And we're like, Oh, we should make a podcast episode out of this one. But, uh, essentially my name is Metsudak. I'm the founder of Mata partners and Mata capital. We essentially invest in us real estate, specifically in Philadelphia. We have uh, an investment fund also that takes on registered funds and invests that directly in uh, new development projects in Philadelphia. So we've been doing this for around six years and, uh, we're looking to grow our portfolio to 40 to $50 million in the next uh, three to five years.
0: Yeah. So in case someone didn't check out your other episode, I should have looked up what the number was, but uh, quick recap, and then we'll get into it. Like what, uh, how'd you get there? Just a quick, you know, 30 second, 60 second story.
1: So my story in real estate, uh, I became an accidental landlord here in Canada and I realized that I uh, I had a business, but I didn't know how to grow my business, brought on a mentor to kind of help me scale uh, my vision. And he told me I should start looking at the U S real estate. It wasn't on my, in my pipeline. And that was six years ago. And it was kind of hard to make numbers work in my own backyard here in Ottawa. And, uh, now I'm mainly focused in the U.S. real estate, just the uh, advantages of invo- investing across the border are just a lot better, I find, and the returns and the risk are, are a little bit lower in the U.S., if you do it right.
0: Makes sense. And yeah, I, I totally agree with that.
1: So, so I think the best thing that to talk about today is, you know, how do you go from like one or two properties, I think, to, to growing your, your team or, and, and the conversation we're having was essentially you know and i think you're in the same position as me as me is like yeah you're still involved on the back end of the deals but now you know we're we're building a machine and we got to start focusing on on system on a team and there's a lot of things as when we first started in real estate that you know we don't do a good job at it until it's too late you realize oh i should have had a crm i should have put notes about this investor i should have done this and it's when you're growing as as a person you don't know this these things because you don't realize actually you don't realize how the, the power of real estate, what the things they can do for you in your life when you, when you first start in this business. And I think, you know, when we're discussing it, you know, there's so much free tools that investors can have to kind of create a, a CRM. Like we use HubSpot. So 99% of the stuff when you're starting out on HubSpot, you don't even have to pay for, for a subscription. You, you, you get it, you get it for free. You know, you're, you know, you're putting out emails or mass emails with Hubsoft. Yeah, you might have their, their water stamp that says free Hubsoft service. But at the end of the day, people aren't really noticing that. They're just noticing the, the content, the value that, that you bring to people. Um, you know, every time somebody goes on my website or I send out an email, it automatically tracks what I do. So if I forgot to register it in, uh, in my CRM, it's doing it automatically for me. And uh, every week with my virtual assistant, we just go back in and see what's been put in properly, what's been not put in properly. So we can put notes on, on our investors or potential people that we're, we're, we're communicating with like their birthdays, what they like to eat and stuff like that. You know, there's just little things. If you have to go out for lunch, you kind of know yeah. their dietary restrictions and stuff like that. These are little things that, you know, the details make them make make a real big issue. Uh, actually, the details make a big uh, impact in our business, you know?
0: Hey, Matt, let's go back a little bit because I know what a CRM is. Maybe some people don't. So at the end of the day,
1: CRM is just, tr- just tracking everything that you're doing. Like I I track, like I call them my suppliers. So people that I do business or that bring value to me, I track them in a separate way in my CRM because you don't want to kind of mix their, that business relationship with, with the deals you're, you're doing. I also measure my clients too, in my, in my CRM. So I'll give you an example. So I have around a seven step process, you know, for our funnel, when it comes to real estate, it's not an overnight process. It takes time with people. You know, some people sign up right away when they want to invest with you. Some people, they, they come back to you in three months, five months, seven months, but I I like to keep track of the conversation I had, what was said just because a lot of things changes in real estate and especially some of the deal structures, some investors I've spoken to, you know, originally before I put everything on paper, I said, well, this is how I'm going to set up the deal for you. when they, when they come back three, four months later, maybe you've you're sending up your deals in a different way. So you kind yeah. of got to respect your word, especially in real estate, the, um, you know, your word means a lot and you got to follow through what you say. So I, I keep track of, pretty much all my conversations when I've when I've called the person if I texted them if I did a phone call uh, I just try to tr- track that metric too because everybody's different and, I, and I'm sure you know about it too Glenn. is that you know some people can be ready in their own mind in a different way or people say oh I'm ready to on board with you but when it comes to moving money that's the hard part sometimes it's overnight sometimes it can take two months sometimes it three months there's no metric to really measure that in in real estate and the one thing that i've realized is that no matter if you have a deal or no deal you're always always have to be in capital raising mode just because when you have the deal you want to be able to pull that trigger and and have the money available so uh, you're always kind of flowing you know you're always kind of flowing through your, your 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 capital raise uh exercises with with your potential clients or investors um and that's one thing that's why we created our investment fund because you know we have a so many deals that we don't have an issue with the deal flow but some people just want to have their their you know high return on their registered funds some people want to have a return on on their money plus some equity plus a profit sharing so there's different there's different structures um that we got to account for you know
0: yeah no makes a lot of sense um so you're using because we're talking about systems you're using some software to uh to to keep track of your your lead generation and your um and i'm guessing you're also in the crm you keep track of properties and other that side as well
1: i do that uh outside my crm just because i find it's a little bit easier uh to track some of my CRM I'm literally just using it to raise capital. I'm not okay. mixing okay am not mixing properties or or anything like that. Just I find it's easier like that. Um, I'm sure there's there's other systems out there that you can kind of mix your CRM um and your properties, but they're not as powerful as uh, you know HubSpot. Like give you an example sometimes I'll share different links with people through my emails you can track your click rate. You can track um yeah what who's opening that and also it, may, it makes it makes a big difference in the day-to-day business i find are you i forget if you're using one or not
0: i, I, I don't use like a, a crm like that i have like a, you know Mailchimp and stuff which keeps tracks of a lot of your stuff when you're sending it around and for my properties the way i do it is i have uh make like these little sheets of paperwork. I won't throw what. try to, th- I wave that quick so people didn't see what was written on it. <laughs> but uh, I keep all these, uh, and then I have walls of cork boards and I have like this makeshift CRM because I did do the, um, the online thing. And the problem I had was I would forget about things unless I saw them, unless they were in my face. So everything that was hot and on the go, like renovations and stuff, I had a board for that and a board. Like I just kind of, I... But I like the the sheets on the wall for the quick points, the address and what's going on through renovations. Keep adding notes to it just so that if someone calls me, I can just look at the wall and go, "Okay, this is where we're at.
1: (laughs) I'm going to say with our properties, when we're doing development where I just have all my addresses. I kind of put the dates on my on my board when when we're supposed to hit the milestones, because sometimes you get. You know, you get pulled one direction, and you don't have time to to pull up your sheets on on your computer. So I have it uh, as a daily reminder. But I think it's all about getting in the right habit too, um, because look, I'm not gonna lie to you. I had an intern uh, last year that uh, helped me out a bit, and he's like, "Oh, you should tr- you should start tracking your stuff." I'm like, oh, "I hate these CRMs things." He's yeah. like, "He's like, let's just do it." So uh, I, I committed to it, and I'm like, "Wow, you don't realize." how big your database is uh, if you're not tracking it properly. And, you know, and then sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll put tags and, in, in you know, oh, I f- I'll forget the name of an investor or what, but I'll just put in parts of my conversation and I can pull it up. Oh, that's right. It was John that I was speaking to about this. I think I have an opportunity for him, but I think, I think the best thing to do is always try to organize your information um, as little as you think, work it takes it takes a bit of work but it makes a big difference like you know if i meet somebody at a networking event or or, or a virtual event i'll put them in i met them on this date. it was this event so when i touch base you know at least i have a point of connection uh something to do a com- to have a conversation with you know another thing too that you know i never saw the value of it too is you know bringing in a, a virtual assistant so a lot of things that you know, we take for granted sometimes the repetitive stuff. They're like, oh, we like doing it because it's super easy to do. But I'm like, if you start, you know, hiring somebody, you know, five bucks, $10 US an hour overseas to start doing your repetitive stuff, or, right, and, you know, that gives you more time. So what's your time really worth? And, you know, I've just implemented somebody uh, that's doing a lot of work for us in the last three weeks, and I've seen myself less stressed. I've seen stuff getting done quicker than if it was me just trying to manage everything to be a generalist in my business and especially the repetitive stuff. Uh, we always forget that that's sometimes the most time-consuming, tedious stuff that you can just have somebody else do it for 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 cheaper than you. You know, my time's worth X amount of money an hour and if it's cost me $10 an hour to get it done and I'm making $50 to $100 an hour, it's totally worth the investment. Uh, on that. So I have somebody working around uh, 25 hours a week uh, for us. And then uh, I'm gradually going to start bringing her on uh, full time. It's just, I'm getting rid of these tasks. Um, Cause I'm so busy. I don't have that much time to train the person. So I'm like, okay, this is what I need done. Do the research. Tell me how you're going to do it and go from there. And it's, it's, it's been a big accelerator for our business. That's for sure.
0: So what do you have your VA do? So, I get her to
1: manage my email box. Uh, I've got so many emails coming in um, that sometimes the odd one goes in the wrong box. I miss it. Um, You know, I good example is around two weeks ago, this email came in. I'm like, I totally forgot about it. And I'm like, I got to reply to that person. She sent out the email. Okay. Here's, here's my calendar link, book a call and uh, let's hop on a call. You know, to me, that's value right there because, you know, that's a cell that slipped through the system that, you know, sometimes we forget, we get busy. I'll get back to that person. So she's just, you know, double checking my work to make sure that I'm, I'm not leaving anything fall through the cracks. Um, also my, um, my social media content too. So I kind of give her a guideline. This is what I want. Um, you know, I'll build a whole bunch of templates uh, for them And then she'll, she'll, she'll finalize everything, give it for my approval, have the artwork ready. Um, so to me, that's value right there. Um, you know, something like, even though like, you know, I maybe spend five or seven between five and six hours a month just to kind of, uh, plan what I'm going to do for six to eight weeks in social media. Uh, so I, I try to do a post every other day. Uh, and then the, the odd day I can post about my projects or anything like that, but I just make sure that everything is ready to go. And if I have to tweak it, we just move things around. Um, Another thing too, that, you know, a tool as a real estate investor, that especially with COVID, you know, especially in Canada is that, you know, we're not allowed to really gather, have big, you know, meetups or stuff like that. So I've found that um, LinkedIn is such a powerful tool of connecting, with people of all walks of life and the analytics behind LinkedIn are way better than Facebook. And also your outreach on LinkedIn is all people that want to do business, they're looking for something. So we, you know, I I have um, my subscription with LinkedIn. I use the sales navigator feature. So if people don't know what that is, I think, uh, I forget what it is that are $69 US or $89 Canadian. I, I forget right now. But the beauty about something like that, if you're trying to connect with a person in a business um, and you're not too sure who to connect with, you know, you can, you can look up the company, you can get the president and CEO and on the sales navigator, you can get sometimes their cell phone number, their email address. But I try never to go that route. I'll just try to send them a, a message through LinkedIn and just have a conversation on LinkedIn and take it from LinkedIn uh, to the real world, to a, to a zoom call. Um, but again, my VA again, will will take all the, go through all my LinkedIn conversations, gather all the information, um, and put it in my, in my funnel. So I don't forget anything too. So, and LinkedIn, I know if people are familiar with it, but, uh, LinkedIn's changed quite a bit in the last uh, year. Uh, originally we were allowed to do a hundred, um, uh, hundred connections a day um, on LinkedIn now it's gone down to 20 connections a day so you know a lot of people were getting spammed and so forth and also LinkedIn had some uh, people were using some bots on LinkedIn so LinkedIn's banned a majority of bots uh, t- to do the outreach so I don't we don't I don't use bots I just do a genuine connection because people can really tell if it's a genuine connection or uh, or a bot yeah. but the one thing I one thing I tell people is that um, Don't be scared to reaching out to people on LinkedIn. You'd be surprised of how receptive um, people are to have a conversation. And especially the word real estate is a huge connector. You know, a lot of these busy professionals that we go after, they sometimes like, oh, I don't have time to do it or I really want to get into real estate. But if you start that conversation uh, about real estate with them, they're like, "Ah." let me take 15 minutes. Let me take half an hour. Let me see where this conversation's going. And I find that, once again, LinkedIn is a great icebreaker, especially if you're putting out educational content uh, and you're adding value to people. I think it's um, yeah it's worth it. You know?
0: No, it's a, it's a completely true. And I've even had uh, people reach out to me and they they're like, "Look at all the content you put out because you you connected with someone who's a uh, at a different level than yourself. And then they, they, they just notice, holy crap, this guy's got another one this week and another one, and you're doing this and doing that and they'll reach out and it's a good way to connect, you know, find whatever you're looking for. Professionals, lenders, anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and look, we, we started, we started, we just started an investment fund. Are uh, um, uh, we a perfect company. 100%. We're not a perfect company, but you know, I've been talking and having conversations with people that have been managing funds for five, 10, 20 years. And, you know, they they don't they don't see us as competition they just you know these are guys that love to share their ideas they love to share their how they scale their business and you learn so much from these conversations even if they're not going to invest with me you know i've learned something but also i try to add value to them also so it's not a take 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 relationship it's also you can try to give value uh to to other people and i think that's the key to connecting with people and using tools like linkedin is you know we we sometimes in, in the real estate world we're always about me myself and i and my deal and we don't see the big picture and it look i think we've all gone through it we think we have the best deal there is sometimes when we first start in the business but we forget that we're here to solve a problem you got the guy that's making four or five percent on their money how can we double the making double digits returns or, or so forth. And we, we sometimes forget to sell the story. We just sell the deal. And if you sell the story, that's yep. the best way of, 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 I find connecting with people as you sell the story, how are you going to get there? And then, okay, send me your deal. I'll fund your next deal. You know, that's, I think is something that we forget also as the, as an investor.
0: Yep. No, you, you mentioned a great thing there is the, the give and take. And uh, <laughs> You, honestly, you when you put yourself out there, you start getting a lot of people looking to take, 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 and the people that just even give a little bit, uh, you know, I am open the doors to them. <laughs> it's because it's it's such a rare thing that, but it's it's a great tool. Took a backtrack a little bit. You're talking, we were talking about VAs and stuff. Um, First of all, when do you switch to a VA? Do you have to have a certain amount of income or when was, when did you make the move? Or are you just like, I'm going to do this so that I can do more or what, where I hear it both ways. Uh, how, how would, what would you recommend? So we have two,
1: we have two VAs. I have two VAs. So one of them contacted me uh, through Facebook, uh, I believe last October and I'm like, I don't need a VA. I don't need a VA and I'm a sales guy. And she kept like, you know, being pushy. I can do this. I can do that. I'm like, well, I can't guarantee you X amount of hours will be piecework and go from there. So I started giving her a bit of work. So she would do my artwork and so forth for, for my posts and stuff like that. I'm like, huh, I had a nap before that I was doing it myself. And I was always struggling to make them look pretty and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, there we go. I'm like, I got like five, six uh, artwork posts for five yeah. bucks an hour or I, say, or I think it's I'm paying her she's six or seven bucks us an hour I'm like oh I see the value I, I didn't have to stress about it for a couple hours because I'm not a creative guy whatsoever I have a vision but I'm not good at putting things together so she kind of reached out to me and you know I was hired she was doing me 15 hours 20 hours a month of, of work and then I realized that her skill set wasn't exactly what I needed and I, I did a lot of research uh, in the last couple of months, how to hire a proper VA. In the past, I've used uh, like Upworks and Fiverr to get some small tasks done. But I realized that it's not the great, the greatest platform. So there's a couple kind of uh, websites that will, you put your criteria, there's a little bit of a, there's a little fee and, and you know, you put out your outline, what you're looking for. But the one thing, uh, the one trick that I learned uh, to hire a VA is that, Everybody does a copy and paste when you post a job. So you want to make sure that they read the ad. So uh, a thing that I've kind of put into like looking for a VA was, you know, if you really want this job, change, the, change the, the subject of the email, say, I want this job. And then I made them do a small task. I go, here's my task. Here's a small task if you really want the job. So I make sure it's a task that takes 15 or 20 minutes for them to do. Not that I'm trying to get free work out of it. It's just to to show that they're, that they're very, very hungry for, for the work because sometimes, you know, VAs, once they get bored of you, they kind of let your business shut down. Like, you know, so you got to make sure that they really want to work. So, you know, like my VA um, I've got them on a, uh, on a performance basis too. So her performance, she can make more, she can make just as much money on the performance aspect of things, than her hourly rate. So like that, I know that she's not going anywhere. I'm paying yeah, her, yeah. I'm paying more than the average wage just to make sure that my, my business is, is not going to be shut down because of them because I'm starting to realize I'm really, really relying on, on my new vein the last three months, three months. And then, you know, another thing too, I, I'm, I'm getting her to do is uh, I have a, a process book that I started building uh, in the last six months, so every time she's she's figured out a task, how to do things. So she's writing down the processes in that book. So if tomorrow I get hit by a bus, uh, my partner is how to take know how to take over, or even uh, we need to bring in another VA. Well, everything's outlined, um, and then uh, that's a little bit. It's a little bit easier, and I, and I, to be honest with you, I think the process book is one of the things that. I never th- saw the value of it. You know, you work at McDonald's, they have a process book, you work at any business they have it, you know, when you're running your own business, like, oh, I know everything in my head, but you know, I have a few, I have a few business partners that you know, they're involved for a certain extent in the business, but they're not taking care of the everyday operations. And I'm like, Hey, if I got hit tomorrow, they don't even know how to friggin' send the legal paperwork for our investment fund. They don't even know how to do half the stuff. So I think it's something that's, that's saving me and that it gives me that peace of mind that something happens to me, the business can still go, um, go ahead and, and still be in business. Right.
0: No, yeah, it's good. I did it a bunch of years ago myself. Cause I was, I thought about it and I, I was doing everything. And if like, even if I, something happened to me and my wife had to take over, she had no freaking idea yeah so i'm like oh you better write down like you know even some information account numbers like how to get work through way through it but i need to update it but i did go do that process as well as well as I, have,
1: I have all my all my my all the people that on the back end of our business make it run like you know we we have uh, a, f- a few people give you guys an example we, we use olympia trust to move money around for our business and also to, to register business or investors yep and you know I have a couple of contacts, Olympia Trust. this person deals with that, that person deals with this, that person deals with that. So if you're not too sure you don't understand the process, even though it's written down, you can call them and you know how. And you That's can even better.
0: With. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, you mentioned you have your first VA and then you have your second VA and the second VA you haven't given access to everything. When, how do they get to the point where they get access to everything because of the confidentiality of emails and everything that's going on in your business, how do you determine when they should get access to the backend?
1: So, so what I've done is they signed the contract and what I've done, because there is some sensitive information there. um, And also what I've done is I have, uh, I, I took a copy of their driver's license and I took a copy of their passport. So if something ever were to happen, at least I can go to the embassy or the consular and be like, Hey, look, I got defrauded for this person in your, um, hmm. in, in your, okay. in your, in your country, you know? And they, and it's funny because, you know, we take, we take a lot of things for granted, you know, we're, you know, not that they're living in third world countries, it's just their countries run different. Like my VA has got uh, a backup, generator if the power goes out they have a lot of rolling blackouts in her in her town she's got two internet providers uh if one goes down she has another one so it's like you know these guys are are good at what they're they're good at what they're doing um you got to realize that you know things sometimes might take a little bit longer to get done that you would want um you know, and don't forget, a lot of these people they're twelve hours behind. So sometimes, if you want some right away, uh, some VAs are like, "No, I'm just working my twelve hours. Don't ask me to do extra." And look, I made a mistake uh, when I was interviewing; I forgot to ask that question. So I have one VA. If I send her a message, she's pretty much within two hours. I have a, I have a, uh, an answer about, "Hey, can you do this right now? It's an emergency. Just get it done." So she'll she'll do it right away for me. Um, but yeah, you got to really keep in mind that, you know, if you're going to hire a VA too, uh, that sometimes they just want their regular, um, their regular times. And then, you know, especially in the Philippines, (laughs) um, a VA expects uh, a month's salary um, around Christmas time. Um, That's part of their culture. So if you're paying them a thousand bucks a month, well, at Christmas time, they expect a thousand dollars bonus, uh, for Christmas, so you got to make sure that you understand the cultural difference, what they want, um, you know. And I made sure I outline exactly the, their expectations and my expectations and my and my contract. It's a simple contract, but at least it's black and white, and everybody knows um, what what to expect. And um, it's part of life, you know. Like it takes a little bit more time because there's a little bit of a time difference. Um, but and also you know like I'll give you guys another example I'm bringing on a um, Sony to help me build funnels uh, for the business to kind of get more leads and so forth and you know um, he's on a different time zone too so you know like even though I'm on eastern time zone you, you'll you'll see me working till 10 11 o'clock at night just because I gotta match time zones even with our investors so uh, just to make sure that you don't have, you have a, a decent overlap between time zones too, will make a big difference uh, in your business. If you don't have the proper systems in, in place.
0: So you mentioned time zones a lot there. Um, you said that your, your two VAs are in different time zones. Was that intentional or that just happened to, to fall in? Cause that, it sounds like a great strategy to have someone more on your time zone and someone more on the other side of the world time zone. So you, you work 24 hours then.
1: Well, I, I think it's good because the stuff that I haven't that the the stuff that I know my VA can do, I don't do it. They just automatically do it. You know, um, you know, sometimes I'll uh, I'll give you an example. Okay, I need a I need a I need to set three four meetings with these. Pe- I need to set meetings with three four people. So I just give them that task. Doesn't matter what time they do it. It's done. You know what I mean? So it it, it makes me not makes me concentrate my time and energy somewhere else so if it's spending more time with with my my family it's spending more time with my family or doing something else in the business but the the thing that that I've realized uh with real estate is that we're in the communication world and we're all about um sharing information with our investors with you know and getting and if you're not doing a good job your business takes a big hit and I and I have to say that's something that we're trying to improve enormously in our business. It's just a fully focus on, on communicating better with our investors, uh, putting out better uh, newsletters. Uh, so we're working on a, on a lot of changes in our in ourselves. Like we're going to be implementing, um, what can I say, uh, quarterly meetings with all our investors, so everybody can see all our all our projects. So in the next two weeks, uh, we're, we're going to be launching that f- with everybody in uh, in our investor portal. So we're pretty excited with that.
0: That's awesome. So, for systems, we talked about software, we talked about people. Is there anything we missed? Anything you wanted to touch on that we didn't go through?
1: I think, you know, people don't realize uh, as an investor, I think, you know, one thing that I, I'm constantly analyzing is your onboarding process. It never, at the beginning, it never goes smooth. Missing a signature, missing that. Um, so, I think people, uh, and when you're starting out, you, you have to understand the onboarding process. Like, where's your money coming from? Is it coming from a personal account? Is it coming from RSP? Is it coming from a business? What the tax implications are? And I think that's something that, that we're working personally in ourselves and in our business, you know, for systems uh, with our sales team. Well, on the sales team, but for, for the back end is, is to have uh, kind of a checklist. Okay, if your money is coming here, this is the setup to do. Um, but I think people should realize that creating those systems will will 10x your business and we we as investors forget about the onboarding process, I think. And I don't know if you agree with me on that, Glenn, but I think onboarding is the most important thing. That's where you you win people. that's when you lose people. Um, yeah. and, and I think it makes a difference in your your business.
0: Yeah, great. Matthew, people, Wanted to track you down, wanted to have a conversation. Where do they find you?
1: So two things I would say, you can find me at matapartners.com or you can track me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, so just look up Matapartners or my, my name, Matsunakai.
0: And uh, I'll be happy to connect and have a conversation with you. Cool. I'll put that stuff in the show notes too to make it a quick link if anyone wants to get in there. Thanks again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. One second.
1: My pleasure.